0: Welcome to Macro Magic with Michelle. I am your host, Michelle Williams, also known as the Freedom Fairy, uh, across all social media platforms, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Patreon. And today, I wanted to first dedicate this episode to someone in the macrobiotic community, has been a huge influence and that person is Ed Esco. He passed away recently and he did a lot for macrobiotics and for the health food movement. He wrote a ton of books. I have a few. Uh, he, he helped write, he helped edit a few. Um, Crohn's and Colitis, A Plant-Based Approach. Uh, macrobiotic Pregnancy and Care of the Newborn, The Philosopher's Stone, Healing Harvest, Raising Healthy Kids, The Nine Star Key. He actually has an updated version of that, which I don't own yet. And Macrobiotic Child Care and Family Health, to name a few. He also has about 10 audiobooks on Audible that you guys can download and listen to but we are we're just so thankful for everything he did in his life we really really appreciate all of his efforts and we're so thankful that he was on this earth and we're so thankful that he's still a part of a part of us now in the world of spirit so thank you Ed EsCO today's episode, is a very, very special episode. We are interviewing my boyfriend who introduced me to the macrobiotic philosophy in 2016. (laughs) And some of you might remember me from before that time. And you've watched me change. And from where I was when I started posting on the internet in 2012 to where I am now, you can watch that whole journey. And when I first met my boyfriend, I referred to him as my friend. So you'll see me, I have a video where I go to Whole Foods for the first time, and I say my friend. That was Tom, because we were friends at the time, and even though he's a huge part of my life, I don't share much about him on my social media because he's a pretty private person. And what he gives in this interview is just a, it's just a drop of his wisdom and of his spirit that I'm so lucky to be submerged in on a regular basis. I'm so, so lucky I found him. And... Macrobiotics is a huge part of our relationship and I hope you guys will enjoy this episode and enjoy it as much as I enjoy him and as much as I enjoy macrobiotics. get started in macrobiotics.
1: I got started in macrobiotics uh, by accident actually. I went to a, I think it was a bookstore and I was already like experimenting because I had some health problems. I had allergies and a friend of mine who was actually my my teacher, my uh, music teacher. He said that he read an article that said that he, You know, this was a long time ago. This was in the 60s. And so he said that he read that dairy you know, contributed to some allergies. So I said, really? And I was, I was drinking a lot of dairy. I used to drink like a half a gallon of milk with cookies. And I used to like these fruit pies cherry pies and eat, watch TV and drink the milk and it was like, you know and I used to, to, to a lot of dairy food and my cheeks were very puffy because you get very puffy when you eat dairy, I heard and so I said, okay, let me, let me check this out because I was getting, you know, shots or vaccinations they did in those days when you had a allergy like this um I was allergic to cats and pepper trees and grass and dust and pollen. They gave you shots, and then my arm would even swell up. And it was supposed to be giving you the things that you were allergic to, and supposed to be helping you. But all it did was make my arms swell up once in a while. And anyway, so on his on his you know recommendation, I stopped eating dairy for like about a week. And I felt better. And so I said, whoa, there's something going on with this, you know, eating thing. Although at the time, there was nothing, not like today. Everybody knows that there's a lot of problems with, you know, dairy food and animal food in general, you know. For multiple reasons, you know, and multiple kinds of that type of food. So, um. I said, okay, I started doing some research. I started checking out the health food stuff. And there was a guy named Paul Bragg, who was this big guy. And he used to swim in the, you know, cold water. And, <clears throat> excuse me, and he used to um, eat a raw food diet. And his teacher was somebody named Earhart. And a lot of people were following them. And there was another person called Adele Davis. So I started reading these books and trying this stuff out. So for, I think, a long period of time, I was like, you know, like kind of vegetarian, maybe even more fruitarian and raw food eating because this is what they recommended. And I did feel better. So that started me on my, on my research, you know, on my quest and, and in, that, in that area. And then after, I think, I think it was a couple of years at least, I don't remember exactly, it was a while that I was doing that, experimenting with different things, you know, and diet-wise. And then I think I was in a bookstore, and this book fell off the rack, or something, or I just saw it, you know. And it was just kind of mysterious, you know. But I read a little bit of it, and it was a macrobiotic book. And I said, oh, this this makes a lot of sense. I don't want to do this one of these days. I did not even think about it anymore, but... You know, but, but but I I happened to be working with a band that was from Boston, and that was kind of a center for acrobatics at the time. Michio Kushi had you know a few study houses, and and this band was led by a guy named Lenny Capizzi, who wrote the Monster Mash. You might you might not know him, but uh, he co-wrote it with the guy who sang it. Uh, his last name is Pickett, I think. Anyway, I don't know his name, but he he, he wrote, co-wrote the song with him. So he made a lot of money. It was like a one-hit wonder. So he was into macrobiotics. He was formerly a drug addict, a heroin addict. And, and that was common in those days. A lot of people that were on drugs, you know, in the 60s, there was a lot of drugs, psychedelic drugs, and also a lot of heroin addicts and, you know, and... Uh, Hot was getting very popular, and so it was sixties. You know, drug culture, and um, he he and I guess probably the other musicians would kind of been in and out of that. And a lot of people are going from one thing to the other, and that is you know from a drug thing to well, oh, I want to get healthy now. So macrobiotics was there, and it was kind of in vogue a little bit.
0: And I just wanna, I just wanna interject because this is a huge, huge part that in that time, the 60s, when all this drug stuff started to become more mainstream, the, the mental health support didn't exist. Because before this time, people had drug problems, but it was in the ethnic communities. It was with the people who were black hispanic because that's where they push the drugs then when it started to Mm -hmm. become more mainstream basically white people started experimenting with drugs there was no support for the the other races that were struggling there was no support for them for mental health to get to get over drug addiction so the mental health system they didn't even have a diagnosis for what are eating disorders that wasn't even a thing yet that didn't come until the 80s friends so to you know for people who are struggling with drugs there really wasn't anything no aa (laughs) there's nothing like that then so people were desperate to get help and macrobiotics was one of those alternative things
1: yeah and 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 in this band, I think, the leader, he wanted everybody to eat macrobiotics, so they were kind of pushing it on me. And I thought, like, you know, I said, these white people are crazy. You know, I mean, they they like, you know, eating seaweed and, and Japanese food. And, and I said, I'm not sure about this. So they had a study house here in LA. And I think maybe a member was staying there or something. But anyway, I found out about it. And, and I went there, and it looked like a cult. And there was a lot of cults in the '60s as well. And so everybody was doing different, Est, and and uh, I think even Scientology was around at that time, and and uh, just a lot of little things, you know, Manson. There was all kinds of crazy stuff going on. So, so I just kind of looked at it kind of skeptically too, you know. <clears throat> so when I um, <clears throat> when I went there. It was very, you know, it was pretty inexpensive. It was like two dollars for a lecture or something. But that was a lot of money to me because I was a jazz musician. And I was broke, and it was the '60s, and two dollars was a lot more than it is today, you know. And so I felt well, and then along with the cult kind of thing looming, I said, well, let me check this out. So I didn't want to be attached to it and kind of feel like I had to depend on them for, you know, and get caught up in any kind of, you know, situation like that. So I asked a girl just to kind of show me the basics and so I wouldn't have to be coming back if I didn't want to. But I would get the information. So she gave me the thing, you know, told me, and this is how simple macrobiotics is for anybody that's out there. If you want to check it out yourself, just do this for a week and you'll see and feel, uh, you know, something yourself may or may not do anything, but it did with me. And I basically just ate whole grains, vegetables, a lot of vegetables, and... Some beans, whole grains, vegetables, beans, no meat, no sugar, no dairy. Tried that for about a week. And then, uh, before then, like I told you, I was like a fruitarian. And I was eating lots of fruit, big bowls of fruit. And it didn't even taste good anymore. So I think I had gotten overdone it or something. And, uh, you know, my body had kind of got saturated or something, so it wasn't even enjoyable to eat the food. Normally, fruit, you know, is is tastes good to you, but I, I think I had too much of it. And then I changed my eating for a little while, like about a week or so. And then I went back to try to eat some fruit. And I just got a little piece of pear, I think it was. And I ate it, and I couldn't even finish it. It was too sweet. So this blew my mind. And I said, whoa. Just like, when I stopped eating dairy, I felt like, there's something going on here, you know, something really wrong here. And so, <clears throat> when I went back, uh, and I went back to this, you know, Cushy house, study house there in Hollywood, who hap- it happened to be Charlie Chaplin's old house, and they lived right next door to Ozzie and Harriet.
0: And who's Ozzie and Harriet?
1: That was an old TV series, you know, family series, and it was kind of like Leave it to Beaver, only as, you know, Ozzy and Harriet, and he was an ex-big band jazz leader or something, anyway, but he had a TV show, Ozzy and Harriet, mm. you know, he, nobody knows who that is today, but it was, you know, it was like, leave it to be, it was a family, you know, real tame compared to di- today's standards, yeah. TV, sitcom, you know, and one of the first, you know, in the 50s, mm. you know, anyway, he lived next door, but I never saw him, but anyway, so we're in Charlie Chaplin's old house, a big house. A lot of people living there and studying there. And um, so that's how I got started. And I just kept going back there and I tried to bring friends. And uh, I got to be friends with Michio Kushi's daughter who was also a musician. And uh, she was going with a friend of mine who was a bass player. He was a musician also, a very good bass player. And they went together for a long time, I think like five years and um, so since that time that I was going there, I, uh, I, you know, I studied with the teachers that were there. There were students of Michio Kushi that came from Boston or, you know, lived in L.A. And, you know, and I got kind of a different read from different people, it made it very complicated, very intellectual, very fragmented, you know, and it didn't make sense to me, and so I was really kind of doubting it sometimes, you know, although I had experienced what I had and I did start feeling better. Uh, I also had some. Uh, I was, a, you know, I was a teenager, you know, and so I think I, was, you know, I had like I, was, you know, I had some emotional problems. I was depressed and and uh, very spaced out because you know I was in the '60s and I was a jazz musician and I was hanging around with all these guys and I, you know, used a little bit of, uh, you know, experimented a little bit with uh, <clears throat> marijuana and some other things, but very lightweight, you know.
0: And can you tell the friends, uh,
1: what does spaced out mean? Kind of d- disconnected, you know. Mm-hmm. I, think I think it's probably pretty prevalent in America, especially mm-hmm. more now. But then I think I was in a minority. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you, know, not, you know, basically they, they call it being maybe shy or self-conscious and not being able to socially interact and, and uh, you know, being uh, more reclusive. You know not being able to like uh, communicate well, you know mm-hmm. and that's the case with artists you know I'm a musician so I was you know I was very comfortable in just you know practicing my music and not being very social anyway and um, so I did a lot of practicing you know and uh, and it, you know it was good for it's good for making 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 you a better musician and I think a lot of artists are like that, you know so but I was not I didn't feel that great about being that way I didn't feel comfortable you know
0: and because you have told me multiple times that you because you were a jazz musician and you were you were you've been working gigs since you were a teenager you know a lot of the times you'd have to go into clubs and when you'd show up the the club owners or the bodyguards they would think that you were already drunk when really that was just your condition
1: oh yeah well actually that <laughs> that's now that's interesting because that condition lasted for a few years it didn't happen so much then okay it happened actually later oh okay. when I was you know a few years older and okay. off you know actually into you know maybe even longer than that because that's a condition I think it's um it's called being yin, mm-hmm. yin condition, you know, mm-hmm. and it's expansive and basically it's a bit spaced out, you know.
2: Yeah.
1: And so, but I kept getting better and better and better and feeling better and better. Right. But it lasted into the time that I could get into clubs and yeah, I was so, I was, I mean, I was so spaced out. I didn't drink, I didn't use any drugs at yeah. all Yeah. and I didn't even eat sugar. Yeah. But I had eaten so much sugar in my, in my childhood. Yeah. And teenage years, and other things, you know, that I, I was very disconnected, and felt, uh, you know, felt disconnected from, from myself and probably just the world, you know, and it wasn't a comfortable feeling. Yeah. I didn't I didn't like that feeling, you know. So when I got started feeling better, I said, oh well, this is good. But it didn't happen overnight. Yeah, it took a few years to get this condition, (laughs) you know, like basically almost a lifetime, you know, I mean, it was about 20 years or something, and then, so it took, you know, a few years for me to get better, and now, I'm much less, (laughs) I feel better now, actually, than when I was a teenager. Wow. So, yeah. Very cool. Yeah,
0: so... You were, so I interrupted you a little bit to talk about being spaced out because a lot of people, I think today, even though I would say maybe a majority of people are spaced out, they don't understand what that means. <laughs> um, but you were saying that you were going to the study house in LA and you were bringing your different friends to come check it out, and you were also hearing.
1: All right, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll continue. So Mm -hmm. basically, the people that I was talking to, I got different information from different people. Some people said, you can't eat this. Some other people said, you never eat this. And it just sounded very restrictive, and it didn't sound like common sense, basically. So eventually, there was a teacher that came from uh, Boston, and he was like a senior teacher, and he kind of really knew the deal a lot better. And I asked him a couple of questions, and he said, "No, he said, eat whatever you want. You know, you're just starting out. If you don't have a very, very if you have a serious health problem, you should probably get some counseling and find out specifically what you can do to improve. You know, more more quickly and 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 address you know a serious a serious matter. But then if you're healthy, eat whatever you want and just start eating better. You know, mm-hmm. stop eating." As much as you used to eat of those junky things, junk foods and meat and sugar and whatever, you know, you used to eat that, you know, and just common sense. You know, you don't just change overnight. And and a lot of people have had problems by changing and being very restrictive, you know, very quickly. And then what happens, and this is something people don't realize, that sickness is basically discharging this excess stuff that we eat that our body doesn't need. And our body stores it or something, and then it has to come out. And then when you get a cold, like in the winter, you ate all kinds of summer foods. And, you know, you ate too many of them. So your body, you eat a lot of sugar, which cools your body down, you know, uh, ice cream, you know, all this stuff. And then, you know, the, wet, the, the weather changes, and your body has to adjust to it. So it's actually saving your life. It's getting rid of these excess and toxic things. So you get a cold, you get cough up all this stuff, you got to blow your nose, you know, you got a fever, it's burning it off, you know. And so people don't understand the nature of sickness. It's not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's bad if you die, but it's not, you know, if you make it through, it's like basically your body's trying to clean itself out. Mm -hmm. So to avoid sickness in the first place, because I haven't had a cold in about, you know, about 50 years. Yeah. I mean, there's been a couple of times that I got a little sick, you know, I got a fever or something. And uh, yeah, lightweight cold, but not like... I remember my parents, my father used to get two or three coals a year.
2: Yeah.
1: Every year.
2: Yeah.
1: For almost his whole life, and a lot of people experienced that, you know. So it's good to look into, you know, what's going on with that, especially if you're having chronic things like that go on, you know. But anyway, so this guy told me, yeah, you know, just relax, just start eating better. Start eating some whole grains, eat, some lot more, eat more vegetables, eat some legumes, some beans, you know. And, and um, you know, stay away from meat, sugar, and dairy. Bam, that's it. And, but even eat a little bit of that if you want. Because, you know, when you have cravings, your body needs whatever it's craving now. It doesn't necessarily need the exact thing that you're craving, but there's something in that that your body's used to getting. And so you don't want to deny yourself completely, you know. When you're first beginning, eventually there's just things you want to avoid, and you're going to feel better not doing them. And there's other sources that you can get the same thing from, and that's what you want to try to do and find out about. So instead of uh, drinking dairy, eat kale because it has the calcium, mm-hmm. you know. But you need calcium, mm-hmm. you know. You need minerals. You need uh, you need what you need. So cravings are real, and everybody tries to say, well, no, just use willpower no it doesn't it doesn't really it's not the best it's not the only way to deal with it of course you need some willpower and some discipline to make yourself change but it's a more relaxed thing and plus macrobiotics is so cool because you eat whatever you want you can eat any kind of food
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know and this is traditional foods that comes comes from every culture you know and You know, you can eat Mexican food, you can eat Italian food, you can eat pizza, you can eat uh, fish, you can eat chicken, you can eat... It's better not to eat uh, certain animal foods, you know, especially nowadays because they're so badly treated and and full of, you know, a a lot of very harmful things. But, you know, that's why macrobiotics includes, you know, some animal food, you know. Some dairy foods and there's some dairy foods that are better than others, and some animals, some meats that are better than others, and you prepare them a certain way, and you want to get a good quality and fish and all of that. Although today most animal food is yeah. pretty pretty bad, even the the wild food, yeah. like fish. You know, you can't even eat that <clears throat> that much fish because of the pollution and and um, so you know so moderation, but. Basically, it was really, you know, eye-opening to me. And he said, yeah, to see what you want, just start eating better. And that's probably something, you know, people could try. But if you want to feel and experience the difference quickly, mm-hmm. just stop eating all the stuff that you've been eating that you know. Mm-hmm. And everybody says, even doctors today, are 90% recommending yeah. macrobiotic structural di- basic diet. Yes. And it used to be completely opposite. When I started... It was meat, dairy, sugar was at the bottom of the food pyramid. Wow. And then after 50 years now, that's on the top of the pyramid mm. in very small yeah. quantities. And what was on the, 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 the bottom is on the top and what was on top is on the bottom. And the, every doctor you talk to, they'll say, oh yeah, that's ideal. Whole grains, beans, vegetables cut down on your meat, sugar, dairy, or eliminate it completely, they all say, this is the healthiest science, and all medical doctors will tell you this. But they'll say, but, you know, you're probably not going to be able to do that, because, I mean, it's just impossible, they they think, for people to change, you know, their diet, and they're right, it's a very difficult thing to change, you know. But it's not that difficult when you do do it moderately, you do it gradually, and today, there's so many options that you don't have to do without anything that you liked in the past. Mm-hmm. There's, there's dairy food substitutes, there's, there's oat milk, soy milk, rice milk, soy cheese, cashew butter, all this stuff. I mean, it tastes very close to, you know, or better sometimes even than what you're used to. And those other things are so, uh, <clears throat> so harmful that you will want to when yeah. you experience the difference in how you feel. You, will, you, will, you won't you will, have any struggle. I didn't have any struggle, and I haven't eaten meat, sugar, or dairy in 50 years. And I feel better now, like I said, than when I was a teenager and I was starting. So I may not last that long because, you know, everybody has an expiration date. And I think I probably passed mine a long time ago. But thanks to microbiotics, I'm still here. And... Uh, I know there's a lot of people that they say, you know, eat macrobiotics and they passed away. Yeah, but, you know, everybody's different. There's also emotional factors, uh, you know, family issues, uh, you know, job stress, you know, relationship issues, uh, you know, DNA, you know, I mean, all kinds of things. So, you know, you got to look at the whole picture and uh, that's what I found, you know. This recommendation was really one of the best that I ever had. And that was, you know, eat whatever you want if you want to start checking out macrobiotics, and just start including more better quality foods and cut out things that are more extreme that, you know, that everybody will tell you, even the doctors will tell you are not good to eat today. Even they even used to tell you that smoking was good for you. So, I mean, you know, so things have changed, you know. <laughs>
0: Yes. Yes. And so there's a few, there's a few things that you were talking about that I want to go a little bit deeper on. So like the first thing is that talking about the food pyramid, there are so many people today that I've been wanting to make like a TikTok or a TikTok series about this because so the food pyramid for the U.S., everyone probably is familiar, like Tom said, at the bottom of it, it says something like six to 11 servings of whole grains or whole grain products. And they and that's why they say they include in the food pyramid bread, pasta, crackers, whatever. But the thing now, most people think grains are bad. And part of why they think that is because they don't understand the difference between a whole grain product and the literal whole grain. There's so many people when I tell them, you know, they ask me, what's macrobiotics? What do you guys eat? And I say whole grains. And they're like, wait, what's a whole grain?
2: People don't know what a whole grain
0: is. And so they look at the food pyramid and they say, no wonder we have obesity and and diabetes and all these health problems. They told us to eat 11 servings of bread and it's like no it's not bread it's whole grain yeah bread maybe if you're in good health maybe a couple times a week but so that's the thing people don't understand what is what is food you know they don't and that's why they say this whole thing well they say okay sugar's bad and they say, yeah, so sugar from fruit and sugar from whole grains. No, that's not what we're saying. Sugar, refined white sugar, there's a difference. People are just very, they don't have a, a clear, natural, whole concept of food. So, um, yeah, that was one, one of the things. Um, and uh, and then also how you said, um, just how the doctors are recommending a more plant-based, whole foods lifestyle for pretty much everybody, for pretty much any <clears throat> disease. But um, just, I mean, just knowing regular people in my life, they always say to me, "Wow, Michelle, you're so disciplined," and blah 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 blah, and all this stuff. And it's like, well, it's not really like you said. You need a little bit of a little bit of discipline, a little bit of willpower. But it's like, I love food. I love to eat. People are surprised to hear me say, I love to eat. I love food. But they're like, oh, but you eat healthy. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't mean I don't love food. (laughs) You know, it doesn't have to be. Once again, people are so, they're in this thing of extreme. Like, well, the only thing that's healthy is if you eat very strict. Like, basically just all, the trend right now is basically raw food. You know, uh, vegan raw food. Um, and to be honest, friends, that's a very hard uh, lifestyle to sustain. That's why you hear people go on cleanses. How lo- how long does a cleanse last? Exactly. And how long do you last on that cleanse? Exactly. And what do you eat once you're done with that cleanse? Exactly, friends. <laughs> so so um, I want you to talk a little bit more about how you were able to start not just your macrobiotic journey but just health eating in general in the 60s once again friends there was no such thing as whole foods like supermarkets there was no there was no uh, you know vegan restaurants there were no vegan options that word vegan didn't even exist yet so imagine 1960s there's no health food store you know, where are people supposed to get this food? And that's actually... So, yeah, so um, talk about how you made it work back then. <laughs>
1: oh, well, well. <clears throat> In the 60s, like you said, there really weren't any available kind of, you know, health... There was no, some little health food stores, I guess. I don't even remember. It's been so long. But, I mean, it was very marginal. And... Um, there was a store that opened up in Boston that Michio Kushi opened that was called Erewhon, which is nowhere backwards. And it's from a book that somebody wrote. It's about, you know, I don't know um, this ideal place where everybody lives. This is a place in the Himalayas. This is, I forget the name of it. Gosh. There's a, there was a movie made out of it. What was it called? Some Shang, Shangri-La? Oh. You know, supposed to be like that kind of thing, you know. But anyway, there was, there was a store, and there was a small store, I think, in L.A. one was just beginning. Very small store. And now it's big uh, corporate, you know, health food store. And they have multiple places, especially in L.A. And a very good store. You can get most macrobiotic products there. And it was basically a macrobiotic, you know, uh beginning you know outlet for uh, for supplies that people needed you know and um, that ate macrobiotic that you couldn't get anywhere else. And so I basically just got you know brown rice and bag of brown rice and ate vegetables although my understanding was not the best at that time so I made a lot of mistakes and I was eating too simple, and Probably too rigid, but I did avoid, you know, uh, the big three, which is meat, sugar, and dairy. And I think that pulled me through a lot. And plus, I wasn't using any drugs, you know, I wasn't smoking marijuana, who a lot of people think is okay, but it's basically, according to Michio, is 200 times stronger. And this was back then. And white sugar, and white sugar. Read the Sugar Blues. <laughs> yeah. There's a book called The Sugar Blues uh, by uh, William Dufty, who wrote the Billie Holiday story and married Gloria Swanson, uh, basically the Marilyn Monroe of the 20s or something, you know. And she was macrobiotic and got him into it, I think. And he wrote one of the very first books, or maybe the first book in America. Yeah. Uh, you Are All San Paku. And he also wrote Sugar Blues. Mm -hmm. He was the author, am I right? Yes. Okay, I wasn't sure about it. Anyway. And so, uh, yeah, so I was a traveling musician. I was going on the road with groups. And and, uh, I used to take a little hot plate because I was very disciplined in this way. But I wasn't necessarily, you know... I should have done more studying, you know, I should have maybe gone to Boston or read some books, but I didn't read any books, I just went to a few classes, and and it's so simple. I was doing it about, probably about 80%, but I wasn't eating enough variety, and that's very important when you first begin. Eat more different things, and... Don't eat the same grain every day. Don't eat the same beans every day. Don't eat the same vegetables every day. Always have some kind of green leafy vegetables, but you know, mix them up. And then also have some animal food once in a while if you feel you want it or you need it, but in a smaller quantity. And I didn't do that. So I should have probably been eating a little bit more fish, you know, once in a while, which is what they recommend in transition. So you don't just, you know, turn everything upside down. You know, it's like going on a fast, basically.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <clears throat> but the best way to fast is that you just eat what you need every day. Mm-hmm. And then you don't need to stop eating altogether to do a cleanse because you didn't get dirty.
2: <laughs> you know,
1: and so, you know, you don't get dirty, you don't need to clean up. <laughs> so basically, it's it's better to fast in this way. Just And also, something that's not maybe mentioned or emphasized... And this is probably the most important single thing you can do. And they say that it's better to eat, you know, even bad food, but chew good. Mm -hmm. And so this really makes it, you know, another dimension of understanding that it's not just what you do. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: You know, and a lot of people know this, and it's really, really, really important. It's how you do it. It's how you prepare what you make for yourself, how you prepare for others, do you do it with, uh, with love? Do you do it with a good intention? You know, uh, and this is, you know, this is something that, that people don't realize is a very important part, but chewing good mm-hmm. is kind of like doing the work, you know, mm-hmm. that's the discipline part. If you can chew good and eat good food, they say you can just fix just about anything, yeah. cure just about any problem, but really eating balanced and... This way of eating, uh, like you mentioned, a lot of people are talking about whole grains. But you have to remember now, there's a new, and I've been around a long time and I've seen a lot of diets come and go, Mm -hmm. a lot of, you know, cults come and go, Mm -hmm. a lot of, you know, uh, just different little tricks and, and, and uh, what do they call those, fads and, and
2: um, scams,
1: hacks. (laughs) Scams, yes, a lot of scammies. A lot of scams going on to this day. And probably a lot more than we even know about. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, it's it's like... You know, just look at traditional, you know, history and life. Mm-hmm. Every culture has had some kind of whole grain as a basis for their life mm-hmm. and their living for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, the last 50 or even a hundred years. We're talking about thousands of years. Mm -hmm. Chinese ate rice. Africans ate millet. Europeans ate wheat. Russians eat uh, buckwheat. I mean, this is a central part of every culture. Mexicans eat beans and rice. Uh, Corn. Corn, you know. uh, Corn, the Aztecs ate corn. So, I mean, this is not something new. The fat is new. And they've got some kind of scientific thing going on to lose weight or to do this or to do that. But it's incomplete. It's partial. And so this is something that I thought about long and hard when I was younger. And I saw most problems come from partial, partial uh, perspectives. Mm -hmm. And that is to say, this is all black. This is all white. This is all good. This is all bad this is all right, this is all wrong. And, you know, in some cases it may be more true than others, but there's another way to look at reality, and that is to see that it depends on the situation, you know. And I'm not going to expound on this because it'll be very controversial because this is a dualistic way of looking at mm-hmm. things, and I think the majority of people look at things dualistically, mm-hmm. and this is a bigger part of the problem. Mm-hmm. And you have to try to see the whole view in fact, the name of my my uh, I don't I wouldn't call it a company, but you know I call it Total View Music, Total View, and that's something that I saw when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. So I think not only I think you know, jazz musicians, a lot of artists, you know, John Lennon was eating macrobiotic. Uh, um countless artists eat macrobiotic because anybody that's doing research and is very curious about finding out the truth about anything they dig and they dig and they dig and i guarantee you
2: mm-hmm.
1: if you do the research
2: mm-hmm.
1: you find something better please tell me
2: yeah
1: i haven't been able to find anything better and i did a lot of research and i found nothing that was as complete and as, and this is the thing that you find in everything things that something that makes something good is that it's complete
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know or it's more complete you know mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the, uh, the, uh, the fact that, that I was, I was, I was able to get this information from, you know, very good, very good sources helped me a lot. So I, like I said, I didn't read a lot of books, got a lot of catching up to do in that regard, but, but I got pretty much the gist of it. And, that, and that's basically what I've been living by. And that's whole grains, uh, you know, vegetables, leggings, and know that this is my, this is my culture. This is your culture. This is everybody's culture. And so anything new, take it with a grain of salt. Take this, don't believe me, don't believe anybody. Don't believe them. Do your research. And I think if you do your research and you keep digging, you keep digging, and most, you find some very, very important and very, very significant people Uh macrobotic macrobiotic, and they don't talk about it. Upton Sinclair, uh, Doctor Spock, yep. you know Madonna,
0: Albert Einstein. Uh,
1: was what? he? Well, he was. He was. Vegetarian. He was
0: vegetarian. But Michio talked to him. though. Oh, I didn't know that. They converse. I did not know about that about the universe. I did not know that.
1: <laughs> okay, well, see, Michelle, you're much more. You're much more well-read than I am, and well, so I respect you know you. <laughs> And anything that you say about information that you required, you know. And um, so I, I wasn't aware of that. But so, um, yeah, so, you know, people that are questioning, you know, do your own research and, you know, see what works for you. And it may it may not work for you. And that's fine, you know. But it's been my experience that I've seen a multiple, you know, friends, family, people that I've seen over the years that have had, you know, Fourth stage this terminal this and some people have pulled through some people have not you know and But this seems to be a very effective if nothing else It's a good preventative method for avoiding a lot of problems and I haven't felt better and I've just continued to feel better and better over the years and it's not a quick fix you're not gonna get, you know, whatever problem that you're that you're struggling with, it's not gonna happen overnight. But I guarantee you, from my own personal experience and from what I've witnessed, and I've seen a lot of different things go down with a lot of different people, yeah. and they've all significantly benefited
2: yeah.
1: from just you know this part. Of course there's other things to take into account, but probably the most single important and significant thing you can do to help your condition, is to check out this area, however you do it, if you want to be vegan, if you want to be vegetarian, if you want to, you know, just eat hamburgers, whatever it is you do, if you eat hamburgers, then just chew good.
0: A <laughs> hundred times a bite!
1: Probably a thousand, you know, <laughs> and you know, just really chew good. and you probably be okay, you probably yeah. be much better. But, or, you know, exercise and run 50 miles a yeah, day. You want then rec- you can eat whatever yeah. you want. But this is like a less disciplined way, a more enjoyable way, a more inclusive way. You can have dinner at any restaurant with anybody mm-hmm. and you just pick and choose, you know, because you understand how to balance because no foods are good or bad. Just yeah. some foods are meant to be eaten in certain situations at certain times, not every day. Mm-hmm. Some foods you can eat every day. Mm -hmm. and uh, there's a lot of information about this and uh, you know you find out find out what works for you and everybody's balance is different and this is what really makes the case for this way of eating is that there's no one way Mm -hmm. that's right for everybody all the time in every place Mm -hmm. so you have to do you have to do the work you have to find out what is the balance that works for you Mm -hmm. as an individual Mm -hmm. And uh, it takes some time and it takes a little bit of work. But well, once you got it, and it plus the, it's just a very simple and effective method. Even babies can do it.
2: Yes.
1: That's how, that's how, that's how. And, and it, it doesn't cost a lot of money. You can live on $5 a week. That's right. $5 a week. I've done it. And I, you know, you just get yourself a bag of whole grains, whatever kind you like. Get yourself a little bag of beans, whatever kind you like. And you buy your vegetables a couple of times a week. Five dollars a week. I got a homeless friend that's vegetarian. And I mean. You know. He does use some drugs. But you know. He doesn't spend a lot of money. You know. On food. You know. This is the most. This is what's part of the thoroughness. in, In this method. First of all. It's. The easiest. You know. And it's. Got the most. It's got the biggest, longest history and tradition
2: mm-hmm. to
1: back it up. Mm-hmm. It's also, let's see now, It's also the most satisfying, mm-hmm. you know. And it's also lines up with science mm-hmm. and any other kind of you know uh, system that you're in. It lines up with it. Mm-hmm. It it cannot be denied.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It also is the healthiest mm-hmm. for you just your health your mental health your physical health your psychological emotional health spiritual health next it's the most sociologically just everyone can afford this mm-hmm. you don't have to be a millionaire to eat this way mm-hmm. now of course if you know you like to eat a lot of little extra treats and stuff you know you got to go to the health food store and bakery and you like to get little special things you know it can get a little expensive especially since it's kind of trendy now, you know, the little mm-hmm. vegan restaurants and, and cookies and things that they got, you know, mm-hmm. available now. But. And then next, it's the best method for your spiritual development. Mm-hmm. And this is why you see all religions, mm-hmm. all religious leaders.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Muhammad, he just ate bread, which is whole, not a whole grain, but he ate bread and water. And what do they give you when you go to prison? That's the only thing you can survive on. You can't live on meat. You can't live on just dairy. You can't live on just even just vegetables. a little bit easier. But you can live on whole grains. Mm-hmm. And that's why they always gave prisoners bread and water. Mm-hmm. And that's what the monks eat.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You go to a Buddhist monastery, the brown rice, miso soup, a little bit of pickle, and they meditate all day. They don't do a lot of, you know, they don't do a lot of hard physical labor. But the Kung Fu uh, Shaolin monks, they don't eat hamburgers and hot dogs mm-hmm. and, and, and chili fries and all. No, they eat whole grains, vegetables. Yeah. And that's the best for your spiritual uh, meditation, development that, you know, that you might want to do. And so there's there's, plus, it's for whatever you want to do. Yes. So you don't have to be a monk. You don't have to be healthy. You don't have to. You might want to be a crazy artist. In which case, this will give you a compass as to how mm-hmm. to be able to do that. Yeah. So you might want to You might want to take a little bit of this or that, you know, on the side, or eat more of this or eat more of that. And, you know, you're free. This is what this does. This frees you up to do whatever you want to do, however you want to do it. You want to do some innovative, you know, and this is the way you think, you know, some kind of artistic or scientific or heavy metal rock and roll. There's a way to eat to do that. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, if you're eating balanced, you can go there very easily. Mm -hmm. But if you understand principle, you're free to do whatever you want in this life. Mm -hmm. So this is not to restrict you. Mm -hmm. This is to enable you to do and live and pursue and develop your dream. Mm -hmm. So whatever you want to do, this is something that can help you to do it. But you don't have to do it. A lot of people did it without it. Mm-hmm. You know. I was very happy before I started eating macro body because I was so depressed that I had done so much self-reflection that I got to where I understood a lot of things about about, especially in relationship to music, because I think most that's why a lot of artists are are intrigued and curious about this because it incorporates that principle Mm -hmm. tension and release like in music there's tension there's release there's balance that has to be made there's aspects that have to be there and to make it good Mm -hmm. and so when you really really study anything just like you're a ballet dancer you understand principle you know uh painters you know there's contrast there's this there's that color you know whatever so if you understand principle it really helps, and so I was kind of happy. I come come to terms with my imbalance and my, you know, my moodiness and my depression and my lack of uh, energy and you know just things that I was struggling with.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But I was st- I was st- I was still gonna be cool. I might yeah. I probably would have not been as successful or as happy as I got to be, and I probably maybe wouldn't have lasted as long, or maybe I would have. But I definitely am glad that I found out about this because it's helped me a lot. And I know that it's helped a lot of other people. And uh, and you don't even have to do, you don't even have to eat macrobiotic. Just look into this aspect of your life. Mm -hmm. And that's something that's very popular right now. And everybody's doing in some way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. And it's important for them to do it. But I promise you, if you do research... Yeah. Into whatever method you're doing and you dig deeper and you say well what about this mm-hmm. and what about that why do we, you know why this why that always ask why and if you pursue it you're going to come to oh yeah this this is it <laughs> you know not only from the way that you feel but from the answers that are there mm-hmm. and of course you're going to have to talk to somebody or you're going to have to talk to yourself and figure this stuff out for yourself but the answers are there. Mm-hmm. The answer is you don't really need anybody.
2: Yes. But
1: it's good to get some pointers. It's good to get some advice and some suggestions and some recipes.
0: Yes. Yes, so many things. You said so many things, Tom. Uh, yeah, I mean... We can, we can talk more maybe in our Patreon exclusive. So everyone listening, uh, you probably already know about my Patreon. Patreon.com slash the underscore freedom underscore fairy. Tom is very generous with his wisdom, but he is a private person. So this audio is going to be public, but we're going to do a separate video. And you can send in your questions um, through Patreon. You have to be a Patreon member. And ask him whatever questions you want. And then we'll film uh, part two of this interview. And he'll answer your questions and we'll talk more. We we I, I'm just so happy, Tom, that you agreed to do this. Because ever since, I'm going to cry, ever since I met you, you just always talk to me and I've always been so so fascinated I mean not in the beginning in the beginning I didn't want to hear what you had to say because I I thought you know because my background with my depression and my mental illness the only thing that kind of worked was what everyone knows you know therapy and medication which yes that helps to some extent But when I met Tom, I was still depressed and um, struggling with a lot of my mental illness. So when he was telling me, you know, I'm I'm oversimplifying, but he was like, yeah, just change what you eat. I was like, no, just eating brown rice and kale, that's not going to change anything. (laughs) You know, like, no, I've been in therapy for 10 years. I took a shit ton of medication for 10 years and only to get this much better. So how can just eating more vegetables and whole grains do anything. Meanwhile, I didn't know his whole journey that he struggled with those things as well. But, you know... um,
1: And I I apologize because I did (laughs) not know your whole journey. I just saw you, you know, as a very, very wonderful person, a very lovely girl. And I was just sharing what, you know, I I thought (laughs) something you, you know, might might like to check out for yourself, too, you know?
0: Yeah, well, I'm so, well, I'm I'm really glad that I met you, Tom, just for so many reasons, but this is, like, a huge thing in my life, you know? You know, um, him just telling me didn't work, but he gave me a book, The Hip Chick's Guide to Macrobiotics, by Jessica Porter, and that book really changed, changed me around, you know, just like Tom said, like I didn't immediately change my whole eating because I've done that many times in my past as, as a child and a teenager, um, through my eating disorder. I did that every other week. (laughs) I was on a new diet. Um, and it, it wasn't for health. It was because I had a mental illness, you know? Um, so at this point in my life, I was, I didn't want to go down that same pattern that I'd always been on, but the way that Jessica Porter wrote about food was so different. And I and I thought this this sounds very cool and, you know, just like Tom said, I just slowly ate more vegetables, ate more whole grains, maybe a little bit less meat, dairy and sugar. I was still eating those things, but just the the proportions were different. And just by that, I was noticing a huge shift in my emotions, and my mental health. And I thought, this is crazy. How many years was I in therapy? How how many thousands of dollars did my family have to pay for me to be in different treatment centers? How much medication did I take? You know, when something so simple as just changing a little bit of what you eat. In just a short amount of time, I was blown away, and so this was what. Um, that's when I started asking Tom more questions and being more open-minded. Because before we we had fights, girl. <laughs> we had <a> fights, girl. <laughs> um, <laughs> I did not want to hear it, but um. So I'm just really glad that you're that I'm I'm finally able to share what you have to say with my audience because my audience. They've been watching me all these years. They've been watching me before, you know, I met you and while I was meeting you and to this day. And I'm just so everyone listening is probably very thankful for what you have to say, Tom. So thank you for being here.
1: Well, thank you, Michelle, for being here.
0: (laughs) So we'll see some of you guys, I hope, on the Patreon video. And don't forget to leave any questions you have for him once you sign up for my patreon peace peace this podcast is made possible in part by the patrons over on patreon.com slash the underscore freedom underscore fairy where you can also sign up and become a supporter Video versions of Macro Magic with Michelle podcast are available for you to view on YouTube on my YouTube channel, The Freedom Fairy. To get a personalized reading from me, visit my Etsy shop, Not Your Average Card. You can click the link in the description of this episode. You can follow me on TikTok and Instagram at the underscore freedom underscore fairy. You can also join my Facebook group, Sacred Space for Sensitive Women. If you like what I have to share, please rate five stars and subscribe to this podcast. Think differently and live peacefully.